so many young people have dreams that are quite close. Everyone wants to, to have a job, build a career, maybe build a family, create their own life. But some Europeans um, have stronger challenges doing that because they're maybe from a country that is um, not so rich or that is not so stable as uh, my country, Germany. Um, so this is what have got me into this, like to, to work for that every young people has the same opportunities, no matter if they grow up in, I don't know, rural Bulgaria or rural Germany um, so this this was the passion and the key to that is education we need young people to have access to education and um, accepting of uh, educational degrees um, that they are accepted in all, all different states because if your your education degree is not accepted you do not have much of the promise of free movement and that you can work everywhere but then I felt like, okay, this, this is really what I want to do and working with parliamentarians, uh, working for ideas and there were like some files where I was working very hard and then it was not accepted. It can be really extremely frustrating. I was like, okay, I want to be once being able to take the decisions because this is where you actually can make a difference in a parliament um, or the most difference. So it, it has been growing on me and all the different people I met, all the different stories I heard about young people especially facing challenges in their life and thinking, okay, this is how policy uh, shaping could help them uh, create their life. And yeah, it has like grown on me. And then there was a point where I decided, okay, I'll just give it a try. I will try to run in the next European elections and can be a risk. Uh, to the values of the European Union. So we have extremely been working hard to change that. And when you looked at the um, voting yesterday, the decision to not open up for, for individual voting on the amendments was short by five votes. There were five votes missing to open up the process. Um, so it was so close, it was so close. And I, I kind of like felt very numb um, because we have not always seen so huge engagement of people um, for a file, for, for a decision in the European Parliament. Um, so it felt, I, I really felt numb and luckily I realized, okay, I'm running myself for the European Parliament. Uh, I can be one of those shaping the decisions and working inside the Parliament to hopefully make a difference in, in the next decision and it really showed me that it really matters that especially young people are uh, with their voices are represented in Parliament not only in the streets and I thought okay this this was a stupid day yesterday but from from this day on we we need to be active again and young people need to make their voices heard need to go to uh, parties uh, shape policies of parties and especially get out and vote on the 26th of may or whatever day it is in your country hello it's young europe again we are today in wonderful Hamburg. Um, what a surprise, the weather is not so nice, but um, still it, it's a quite cool day. I'm really excited to have a new guest today and um, I would kindly ask you to in introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Svenja. I'm uh, president of the European Liberal Youth and I'm a candidate for the European Parliament for the German Liberal Party, FDP. Uh, was it your goal as a teenager to become candidate of a uh, uh, German party for the European Parliament and to be president of uh, the European Liberal Youth Organization? No, that was like never my childhood dream. This was a dream that grew on me in the last years. When I was smaller, I dreamt of being like a singer. Um, turned out I'm not good at singing. Um, but I have a passion for, for uh, communication, for talking, for politics. Um, so I, I found my way into politics, uh, not into the music biz. Okay. Could you maybe explain how did you start to get involved in politics? I mean, 
maybe you could like let's think about the time at your A level. You finished your A level and you had to decide what do you study and which direction your life should should take in the next years. What how, what was uh, how was the time back then? What was your goals or how did you start? I honestly doubt that every anyone at the age of 18, 19, 20 know what they want to do with life. Um, if they know, I think they're kind of lucky. Um, but I think no one really knows what they want to be. It's a time of figuring out who you are, what you want to be. Um, for me, since I was 15, I knew that I wanted to study history. I loved that. I was interested in everything. I was watching movies, reading books about it. I was like a little history nerd. And um, so I had to make up my mind, okay, what can I study that goes with history and that would kind of fit my talents. Um, so I found a bachelor studies that combined history and journalism. And I thought like, okay, well, that could be my thing. Um, so I signed up for that. Uh, I've grown up here in, in the uh, suburbs of Hamburg and uh, moved to Hesse, uh, to a small town, Gießen, close to Frankfurt where they had this opportunity of combining history and journalism. And I discovered that I really like that, um, that I really love history, but that I'm maybe not the person to sit at home or in the office studying books all day, but that my passion for communication, to being out, for talking to people, with people, is much stronger. Um, and I... Like in my career life, I tried, okay, maybe journalism. I did some internships and I realized, okay, maybe that's not the kind of thing I want to do. But I'm more into communication, into not only reporting about a story, but creating a story, selling a story. Um, and that was like my way into, into my career life. Um, I'm working as a public relations officer at the moment. Um, and at the, the same... In, in, in politics or uh, somewhere in business? No, I'm not working in politics. Um, that was a very decision I took very, very seriously, that I do not want to work in politics, that I want to have a career that is stable side of politics. Politics has been my passion, um, part of my life, but politics and career. Um, I was... I've, I've been involved in politics since I was 20. I think we, we're, we're getting to that. Um, but um, I did some internships and I was working um, as a student assistant for a member of the German parliament uh, back in 2013. When I moved for my master to Berlin, I was studying media studies uh, as a master and I was working part-time for a member of parliament for the German FDP um, when the FDP got kicked out of parliament. Uh, what was the name of the uh, member of the panel? Uh, I, I was working for Manu Hüfelin. Um He's an expert on, on digital issues and okay. uh, digital media. Did you, did you like it? Oh, absolutely. It was an amazing time. I had so many great experiences. I learned so much from him, from the team, how Parliament works. And I might have stayed there, uh, but the, my party got kicked off, out of the Parliament for the first time in our history ever. We were voted out of parliament and 600 friends uh, and colleagues lost their job. And I mean, I was a student, I could go back to my scholarship, um, I could take another part-time. It, it, it was a very tough experience in my life, which made me think, okay, I do not want to have a career that is completely relying on something that I can absolutely not influence myself, and I need to build up a career outside of politics in business. Uh, you, you just said uh, 600 friends. You mean colleagues who work colleagues also, employees friends, yes. of the... Okay. All the, all the employees um, of, of the party, of the members of the parliament, that from one day to another lost their job because the party was out of parliament. But have you been let's say, um, during your work, just involved in, in the communication, let's say, uh, uh, um, press statement, social media, or did you also do some administrative stuff? And what did you like? Uh, what was the, mo uh, the task you really liked? I think that's, in general, how I started in politics with communication. Um, 
my, my first jobs in politics as a, as a volunteer has always been involved with communication because this was my passion, this was my skill, this was my talent and this was something I could contribute to the work in the party. Um, uh, I got into politics, maybe we should go back to that. Uh, I got into politics in 2009 already when I started studying. Uh, 2009 was the year of uh, European election and uh, general elections to the German parliament. And it was the first time that I was allowed to vote in, in national elections. Um, and I really made an effort. I really looked up all the programs of the party and what is the kind of party I want to vote. And my decision back then was to vote FDP uh, in, the, in the European election, the national elections. And when I got into university, I was really excited about finally studying history, which I dreamt of since I was 15. Um, but then I couldn't because there was a student strike going on. Um, students were protesting for, for more money for education, for a different education system. And I was partly agreeing with them. Of course, like everyone wants more money for education. It's super important. But I was disagreeing with the means, how they did it. Because I was thinking, okay, blocking classrooms and keeping students away from learning should not be the way how you make education better. Uh, but then I realized, okay, Svenja, but you're yourself not doing anything to make education better. So maybe you should not complain about them and do something yourself. And that was the moment for me when I decided, okay, I want to make a difference. Uh, that's how I got into politics and why I started with uh, student politics. Mm -hmm. um, was I there, was I there a liberal university group and uh, yes. you were a part of um, the... There's, there's a liberal uh, students group. Um, the FDP has two youth organizations in Germany, the Young Liberals and the Young Liberal Students. Mm -hmm. And I joined the Liberal Students and ran for the University Students Parliament, um, which was a great experience. I, I learned a lot of those uh, in those two years about how Parliament works, about cooperation with people from, from other political background. Um, yeah. And I really fell for this politics thing and soon learned, okay, there's much more to life than your immediate surrounding. And there's so much more you can try to work for, try to influence, try to change. So uh, I joined the Young Liberals and I joined the FTP. Um, At the same time? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, but how did you, how did it came that you decided for, spef spef uh, spef specifically for that party? You said you al already voted for, mm -hmm. for this party in um, several elections before you joined them. Uh, how did it come? How, how did you decide it? Well, it took a lot of effort to look into the programs before the elections. Um, and, well, they had the program that, that spoke the most to me, uh, where I could identify the most with, because I changed the mindset the party had, like empowering uh, individual people, giving them the tools they need to create the life they want to succeed in their own life and not to hamper them or hinder them um, or to, to hold them like small, but like to lift them up and empower them. And I really like that mindset. So that's why I voted for them. And then when I decided that I want to do something in politics, I had no second thought that this should be the party I should be joining. Uh, did you ever talk with, with your parents about it? Um, about joining the party? No. Um, but I've always talked with my parents about politics. Politics has always been in my family home a big thing to talk about at the dinner table, uh, reading the newspaper on the weekend. I remember a lot of occasions where I was sitting with my parents on the breakfast table uh, sharing the newspaper who gets which part of the newspaper to read first and it was always like who gets the newspaper about politics first my dad or me okay. um, so we always had a discussion about that my people my parents are not in uh, in party politics um, but it always has been something we spoke about okay ha have been there like any discussions like always okay. <laughs> always and um, we always had like discussion and often disagreements about like political issues. I still have that with my parents till today. Uh, in some 
topics we agree and some topics we, we differ. So it has always been kind of normal for me to discuss and maybe disagree about politics. So um, maybe that's why I absolutely enjoyed having this kind of discussion and parties. Okay. What, what was your first impression like when you entered into the university politics, but you said you also entered like in the, um, let's say, in the normal party um, here in Hamburg? What was your first impression when you started to get involved into uh, party politics? Uh, well, I did not join here in Hamburg. I was living uh, in Hesse when I, when I joined, mm -hmm. uh, and then I moved to Berlin, and then I moved to Hamburg. Um, so I've been member in three different states of the party. Um, so I learned that party politics can really differ from, from the state you're in. Uh, for example, Hesse is a large state. You always have to drive by car or by train to go to meetings. And in states like Berlin or Hamburg, it's much easier to get involved because the distance is so short. You can just take a, 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 an underground train and, and go for a meeting and uh, it takes a lot of effort when it's a larger state um, so what i really experience especially joining in the youth organization the solidarity and support that people had for each other like um, people picking each other up to drive to party conventions taking care of each other making sure hey you're getting there especially when we had member that we're under 18 because you can join the youth when you're 14 or the party when you're 16 um, and this was really a great experience doing something together and this is what I really liked about politics and especially about youth politics the sense of working for something together okay what was like I get the point of um, being together part of the community but if you I assume maybe maybe not you've been involved like in local politics and there were some moments where you um, had to discuss with other members who are maybe um, in a different uh, stadium of life or a, a different age so because well what I hear from friends and from my experience uh, that you meet sometimes uh, older people or very old people or people who in general have more time for party politics. Did you make some experience in this direction? I think this is one of the things I enjoy most about the FTP that we have so many discussions because we're a very broad party of individuals and there are a lot of discussions. Um, but it's always extremely respectful, re ex respectful to um, other opinions. L liberalism is very broad in all its sizes and shapes, um, but the discussion is always respectful, no matter of the age, of the gender, of the background, of whatever. Um, and I really like that. I mean, I, when I joined, I was 20, 21 years old, and I never had a situation where someone told me, oh, take some time, you grow into this, or pay, pay your bills, pay your taxes, and then we talk again. Um, this never happened to me. It was always a very respectful discussion. Um, so discussions on the, on, the, on the same level, there was no... Yeah. Okay. It was really acknowledged that everyone has a different background and has a special something to add to discussion because if everyone has the same opinion to start with like there there's nothing fruitful that can grow out of that okay um you later obviously become more or you 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 stayed in party politics you uh, got involved even more could you maybe explain your first like the first uh, time you had to take uh, more responsibility or even some uh, leadership role in uh, party politics? I think the first leadership role I had was um, I was looking at all the kind of levels uh, from the youth politics and from the student politics on, on the regional level, on the state level, on the national level and I first ran for the press officer of the state board uh, of the uh, student organization. That was the first leadership role I had and then I ran for the national board of the student organization <coughs> again as press officer because I have the skills and passion for politics and you always need both because uh, the board of youth organizations uh, are, are actually really working 
it's really working boards it's it's the people that running the organization day by day um so it was a perfect match and i've been doing that for two years i think from 2012 to 2014 um, Being a press officer of the press officer of the of the student organization on the national board, a, a spo spokesperson. Yeah, yeah, both. So doing the communication, social media, um, the communication around the the uh, general elections. Um, so it was really a time where I learned a lot, um, and where I discovered that I absolutely love politics. Um, going around, meeting so many different people, hearing so many stories. Um, and this is, at the end, what got me into the European politics as well. Um, it was actually a seminar. I had a training for press officers of national youth organizations organized by the European Liberal Youth. And it was a seminar with 30 other national press officers, uh, original press officers, and it was extremely inspiring um, to be challenged on a topic, something you, you took for granted, like this is the liberal opinion. But then there were people from different countries with a different background who were like sharing my political spirit as well, but had like another opinion. And this was so refreshing and learning from so many different people. That was like kind of the moment that like made click for me. And I was like, okay. I think European politics is the way for me and I looked more into it, I joined more events and I discovered that with my, what got me into politics was the will to make things differently, to make a change, to work for something, that if I really want to do this, European politics is the part where I need to do this because on the EU level this is where the big lines of our generations are drawn and drafted and yeah, that's how I got into European politics. And then in 2014, I decided to run for the um, board of the European Liberal Youth. Uh, the mandate is always two years. And I first ran as vice president, uh, no, uh, as press officer. And then I realized, okay, I want more of this. I ran as vice president because I decided I want to be more political. Um, and then I decided it's not enough yet. I ran as uh, president, which I'm since a year now. Okay. How, well, what, what is the, you, you became the president of the uh, European Liberal Youth Organization. Uh, what's, what's the role of the president? What's, uh, what has he to do? What's, what were your goals and how did you convince people to become the president to vote for you? Well, I, I had already been four years on the board uh, and I experienced many different leaderships. Of styles. I had two amazing women being president before me. Both were they were both very different, but both of them were extremely role models for me, and helped me to change the way I want to be. And still, there were like so many ideas and projects that I wanted to to work for that didn't have the room to to be done in the in, in the four years before. Um, because obviously it's only a team of volunteers. Most of us are working full-time, doing it in that part-time. So uh, there's the things you have to do to keep an organization running, and then there are the projects you want to do. And I just felt I was not yet done with it. There were so many projects. Um, and there are stories I'm extremely proud. Uh, like, uh, like European Liberal Youth is a platform for people to come together to, to build networks. Um, to help and learn and grow from each other especially and of course shape our policies in order that we can uh, try to work for that towards the European Parliament um, but I really wanted to build on this part of being a network of bringing people together because this was what got me into this so um, even when I was the West president we worked on founding an alumni network to keep people together even after they grow out of youth politics. But are you are you an own party or are you an organization consisting or are you the association of many liberal youth yeah. organizations? Alimic is an own legal entity. Um, it's an umbrella organization of a national youth organizations in Europe. Okay. So um, a national youth organization can become member in Limex. So it's not um, individuals per se, but organizations that are members. 
but we have a system because not in every state we might have a liberal national youth organization. Uh, we have the system of called individual membership as well. So individuals from European countries or European citizens can directly become member of LIMEC as well. They are organized in the individual member section. Okay. So, because I, I just wonder, uh, some time ago, uh, Aldis or the party family of liberal parties in Europe um, received new members from different states, yeah. I think from two or three. Uh, did they, the youth organization of this party uh, enter it? Aldi also enter it? Um no, it, uh, it's not an automatic process. Mm -hmm. uh, only if your mother is a member of Aldi, you don't automatically become or have to be a member of, of LIMAC. Um, we have uh, Aldi members that don't have a youth organization, for example, or not yet have a youth organization. Um, then we often help them to, to build up a national youth organization. Uh, we have youth organizations that do not have a mother party um, that are member of LIMEX. So there's uh, a cooperation, but like not a correlation. Mm -hmm. So what are, sounds pretty cool to build up a network, alumni network, and to make sure uh, all the members connect. But what would you say are the, uh, or uh, what are the challenges of being a president? Like what's, What's um, the difficult part of the job? Well, you have mainly two tasks. I have to lead and steer the organization um, to help the borough members uh, run their part of the job. Um, so I supervise the team. Uh, I supervise our office, our employed uh, people, and help them do their everyday job. Uh, and on the other side, I mostly work outwards the party. I represent the party, I go to events, I speak to, to people at events about our ideas, about our politics. Um, I do interviews, I speak to politicians, that's a large part of the job. We are kind of lobbyists, because we're lobbying for our liberal youth politics ideas. So I meet with uh, liberal MEPs and explain to them, hey, you are working on this file, you want to learn about the youth position on this so this is a large part of my job and on the second part uh, it's a volunteer job so uh, I work full-time as a PR manager so this is all uh, what I'm doing in my free time um, I'm traveling most of my weekends to to events to congresses of LIMAC of ALDI uh, of our member organizations events and speak there. I use most of my holidays uh, to take days off because I need to go to Brussels uh, during the weekdays to meet with people or to represent the organization. So there's like the task of like organizing, steering, representing and balancing um, your work. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you said you're lobbying quite for your interests and try to influence into the ALDE group, but maybe later when we talk about the current uh, state in the European Union and some legislations, what, uh, what I'm wondering, what's your, you already mentioned it, that you, um, you're involved also in ALDE and try to talk with politicians, or not to try, you talk with politicians, try to influence there. Um, what's your role in ALDE and what did you learn there and observe there? As a president of LIMAC, I'm by my job uh, a member of the board of the ALDE party bureau, um, but without a voting right. Um, it's a, it's a, I'm forgetting the English word for it. Observing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm representing the organization. Uh, so I have speaking rights, but I do not have a voting right. Okay. Um, so I am there to speak on behalf of LIMAC. I, I'm there to represent LIMAC's position on, on decisions that are being taken, but in the end I cannot take part in, in taking the decision, only trying to, to sell our idea and, and convince people. Um, so it's always extremely interesting um, to have discussions on what the party is doing and, and looking into that. And I'm always trying to, to make it as youth-friendly and uh, LIMAC-friendly positions as possible. Okay. Perhaps you, you, okay, you have been vice president, some, some people of uh, Aldi, some politicians you already knew, but how did you imagine it to take part in a, 
a board meeting of the party family. It's, it's a quite big thing, right? So how did you imagine it and what became true and what was like, hmm, that's surprising, I didn't expect it. Hmm, that's a good question. I think um, board meeting, board meetings per se are not something cool or sexy or mystical or at all. Uh, I mean, it's you can imagine it like a normal work meeting. They're tasks, they're an agenda, everyone is responsible. You report what you're doing on this topic, what you're doing, and then there are decisions taking. So there's nothing cool it's it, it's work it's a work meeting okay. <laughs> um so but it's of course uh important to be where the decisions are taken and trying to to influence this decision and you need to be in there to to represent to to have a say on what is happening and that's a cool thing because that's you said, a super cool thing yeah. but it's not like per se like this is like something super exciting uh you can imagine a board meeting of an organization being a work meeting so uh, it's uh, not like back doors, man with cigars, and it's not like something cool. It's, it's a work meeting, but you need to be there in order to make a difference. Okay, okay, interesting. What would, what would you say is like the difference um, between the, let's say, the youth organization and the uh, party family? Like um, usually, or, um, as far as I observe, there's always... A discussion, a youth organization takes always a role of being critical somehow. It's an important task of the youth organization. What's uh, now in this case of the liber Liberal Party family and the Liberal Youth Organization? Absolutely, that's the, the picture every youth organization of any party has of themselves. They're the one that kick ass over the mother party, uh, that, that drive them into like more modern, maybe more progressive ideas uh, going forward. Um, or maybe like being a little mad with them when they're not performing well. Um, that you have that in all party parties. Um, and uh, in the liberals, I think I said it in the beginning, it's always been very respectful towards the youth and uh, especially LIMAC has been extremely represented, well represented in the last years. We we have our own delegation, our own delegates to the ALDE Congress, to the ALDE Council. Um, our president sits on the ALDE board, so we are a vivid part of the organization and we are known for, for shaping, for shaping the policies. So LIMAC is a vivid part of the ALDE party and we have our place there, we're accepted and um, it's a lot of fun to, to go there and, and being one of the change makers in the organization. Um, could you like, because you're part of the board, perhaps you have been involved, like um, I recently um, we could have observed uh, that um, the Alde like build a team instead of um, like um, offering a, a, a Spitzenkandidat. Mm -hmm. Build it to Team Europe, uh, which sounds a little bit cool. <laughs> Could you explain maybe the difference now, Spitzenkandidat or a team? Uh, is it is it is it bad or is it good to have a team instead of a one uh, man show who is presented to the public? You as a, uh, a passionate PI <laughs> communication manager. I don't know what is better per se. I think what really matters is that people have a face to European politics. Um, and that was the whole idea of the Spitzenkandidat process. Um, but it would have only been really coming into effect if we would have transnational election lists, that we would have for each party one list across all borders of the EU, and then we would have one lead candidate, one Spitzenkandidat. Um, this was ha would have been the best, but unfortunately, this was not accepted. They had to have transnational lists at this election. So having a Spitzenkandidat was kind of flawed process. Um, but I do think it's really important that people have a face. So I do think it's good that party elect 
a face, a Spitzenkandidat, the alle decided to go with the team because we said, okay, the process itself is not really working. And there's there are so many important roles in the European Parliament, like Commission President, like European Parliament pres uh, President, High Commissioner, that we said, okay, we we want to give more face to Europe. We do not only have one top person, but we have a team of top people for all the all the important positions uh, in Europe and to give more face to it. So the team, it's aimed at uh, the different persons have later different functions. Like what's the best case scenario? What's the best outcome? So one of them becomes a commissioner, one becomes, I don't know, president of the European Parliament, another, it's, 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 it's just, that the idea of where the idea is to to especially show uh, how broad liberalism is how diverse we are and to to strengthen our national parties that are running and we thought uh, in the alde board uh, decided that it would be and the council of the alde decided um, that this would show more the diversity of liberalism than to go just with one single person um, so let's see. Um, I think we have many great people in there. I'm extremely proud that we have five women in there. I think this is an extremely strong message. We have two commissioners there. Um, we have a friend of mine. She's the lead, uh, the lead candidate of the Liberal Party in Hungary, uh, which I believe is an extremely important signal. She's grown up in, in Limec as an end of member. Uh, we have the lead candidate of the German party, FTP. So I think we have a broad and diverse team and I would love to see all of them ending up in, in positions being able to shape the future of the European Union. Okay. Have you been also, um, like, okay, you, you have been, uh, because of your, of your position as a president, you have been part of the board meetings, but have you also been part of other um, parts of the party or different offers? I don't know. Yeah, uh, well, the Alde Party has a board, has the council, which is like a small congress with uh, reduced delegates from each party, and the congress, which is a large event. Congress uh, takes care of policies, for example, council of membership issues and finances. And um, I have been a delegate to both council and congress through the FDP uh, in the last years. So I've been everywhere around the Alde Party. Okay. Have you been also uh, involved in policy uh, making, like intern in the party? <coughs> Always. This is where I have a lot of passion. Like, can imagine when I speak for the example of LIMAC now. Um, LIMAC has their own congresses. We have two congresses a year, and Congress is the highest decision-making body of the organization. Um, and our member organization shape resolutions, which they draft and present to the Congress. And then we debate, we amend, and then in the end we have a resolution that's our policy on a specific topic. And then we try to spread this. So um, this is where uh, my task and the task of our policy officers starts, um, where we um, bring this forward as a resolution to the other Congress to try to make this policy part of the other policy and um, when it is we try to work with MEPs and convince them that this is what they should be working for in the European Parliament or to at least hear the position of the youth on this so um, my whole job is a lot about policy okay I've seen that you have been um, a participant of, a, of, a, uh, of the Women's Leadership Academy which is um, well organized by Alde, the party family. Could you tell us something about that? It's an extremely great program, let me say this first. Um, it's a program organized by the Alde party uh, to help female politicians to grow their profile um, and to become elected. Because unfortunately still today, we lack female representation in parliaments on all kind of levels. Um, and I why? What, what would you say? Why is that so? That's a good question, and I think there are many, many answers to this. Um, many parties are exploring that why they have fewer female members than male members, why there are fewer females elected. Um, I personally do not think that the reason is that there are not um, enough good women. There are amazing women in all kind of parties. 
Um, it's just that not all of them are in the light, in the spotlight, and I do believe we need to support the women we have. To, we need to attract more women to join parties and to go in the spotlight and uh, to shape politics. And this is what the European Women's Academy program by ALDA does. It helps you build your profile, to plan your your political career, and especially to lift each other up. I've met so many amazing and inspiring women. How many participants? We were 30 participants okay. uh, from different countries, um, running for different kind of parliaments, um, for national, for regional, for European. Um, and it was a, a, a space where we, we could learn and grow with each other um, without any any fear or anything was like a very safe space where you could talk very openly and help each other um, and politics can be tough you might not always feel that that open um, when you when you speak about what you want to do what's your passion um, what um, when you when you ex exchange experience with you with um, women from different countries from different um, or running for different political institutions, what was like the common thing you found or what was the differences in, in the experiences? I think with all, all or most of women had uh, in common was that they've been looking for, for a push to, to, to run for a position that uh, most of them were, were too hesitant um, to just go for it. Uh, because I think in general, politics, it's, it's not easy. If you run for a position, you could lose as well. So it can, for your, your very own well-being, can be an embarrassing moment if you run for a position for a mandate in the party or if you try to run for a mandate for, for a political position you always have the risk of not being elected and no one likes to to maybe be in a position where you publicly uh, lose or are not being elected no one wants that mm -hmm. so you always have to open up yourself and and show something of yourself and make yourself maybe vulnerable okay. uh, and this goes for both men and for women and um, this is something that you, you need to overcome and we, we as well in politics need to overcome that it is not something bad to run for something and maybe not be elected that this is no judgment of you as a person or, or your qualification like, like it's like in a jo normal job interview but very public okay. um, and imagine being a job interview being public and everyone speaking about that no one would feel super comfortable okay. uh, but once you overcome this um, there's a lot of freedom in, in it and they say like okay I'm presenting myself um, I'm running this is what I have to offer and then you see if that's what the party at that moment wants or not um, but we need to have a culture where it's okay to, to maybe fail and stand up and then you run for another position next time that maybe fits better for you. So this is a lot about party culture. Okay, I see. Um, but it's, it's not a gender-specific thing, no. right? So I wonder, um, we already concluded women are underrepresented in politics, yes. right? I uh, can read numbers. So if you look at the numbers, women are underrepresented. underrepresented. So I thought about uh, maybe you exchange experience and you see some common barriers. Like the, the, the question is, what are the barriers? And do you somehow uh, tackle them or had some insights, some uh, epiphany about barriers, what, what women are, why women are underrepresented in, in politics? I think there are very many different answers to that. Um, I've seen many, many studies on that. And what we see in general is that we have, um, when it comes to female engagement, we have young women under 30, and then we have women over 45 that are very engaged. But we have a gap between 25, 45. Um, and this is the time where a lot of women either focus on their career or on having children, having a family, um, where you do not have so much time for political engagement. If you want to be in political engagement, it's really time consuming, especially 
most of the politicians do that as a volunteer. It's only a very tiny uh, margin of people that do this as their main job. Mm -hmm. So we especially need to work on making it more attractive to be in party politics, to have formats and events that are attractive where you say like okay this is where i want to spend my friday evening after working a full time maybe being away from the family because this is giving me something because i learned something because i have fun because i can make a difference um and party politics can can be boring because they have a boring part the part you have to do board meetings as i said are not fancy you actually have to work there so and you have a lot of procedures in a party that you need to do but on top of that you need to offer something where people say yes this is where i want to be this is where i want to spend my free time and this goes for all kind of genders if you want to to make party politics attractive okay um because like in, in the end you're competing with the gym uh with meeting friends with whatever people do in their spare time yeah it's uh, time consuming and yeah. a lot of people ha don't have so much time absolutely that this is a important question uh, i think in general in democracy but i like the sentence board meetings are not fancy no <laughs> <laughs> um there was a since you have been a campaign manager for uh, a national election and now you're you're a candidate yourself uh, i wonder there was this case um like recently there was uh, elections there were le elections in, in estonia and um candidate who won um kaya kalas was her name right um she gave like after that after she won an interview and she explained it how uh during the election some some campaign I think her campaign manager, I'm not sure, but someone recommended to her that uh, she, uh, it's ridiculous, she uh, should uh, cut her hair shorter, she should um, talk with a lower voice, darker voice, and she should maybe wear more clothes for um, masculine or not so, um, let's say, woman niche. So um, you as a candidate and campaign manager, what do you think about it? Well, I think there are so many stupid advices for people in politics and especially for women in politics, um, but for women in business life as well. Like, I, I don't know this interview, I don't know the story, um, but I can imagine that someone says this as a very well-meant advice, as a very well-meant advice to uh, women in business and politics. Um, But I think this is the worst advice anyone could ever give anyone. Uh, because what really matters, especially in politics, to be authentic, to be yourself. Because people feel when they do not see the real you. People can only build up trust when they can believe you are an authentic person. And this is what you need most in politics, trust. So just be yourself. I mean, I'm, I'm, I love wearing dresses, I love wearing patterns, as you can see here, um, which I sometimes have to think about when I go for a TV interview to not wear patterns that interfere with the camera. Um, I have my hair as I love my hair, I wear the makeup I want to wear, um, because everything else would not be me. And I, I said this before, when you run for a position, it can be can be giving you a little uh, anxiety because you have to open up you have to show what people what you have to offer and as always maybe people don't like that but i think there are more people that value that you show your true colors and who you are and i think especially voters deserve that okay good point um coming now to your to you candidating for the european parliament you're already explain it somehow why you like European politics but um, why sp did you decide spe specifically to candidate for European Parliament since that's not the only way to do European politics right you could also do in some way European politics from other institutions or become commissioner <laughs> now uh, uh, so I would like to know why did you decide uh, to candidate 
for the European Parliament. Uh, what, how was the process of deciding that? And uh, which kind of thoughts did you had? Did you had some doubts, or um, maybe you could tell me something about that? For me, I've always been politics during my, my whole grown-up life. I'm 29 years. I got into politics when I was 20. So politics has always been a part. And I made the decision to have a career outside politics. Uh, I've been working in business. Um, I've been building my career as a PR manager. I'm currently working as a leader of a PR team. And But politics always was my passion. I was doing it in my, my free time. But there is some limit to what you can do. Um, I basically had two full-time jobs. I was spending all my holidays, all my weekends, um, and there's only so much you can do. So about like two years ago, there was a point in my life where I had to think about, okay, what do you want? And then I realized I have so much passion for politics. This is really what I want to do. I'm so much driven by the will to make a difference. and. For me, without a doubt, it has always been European politics. So to me it was, okay, maybe you should give it a try and run for the European Parliament. And two years ago, nothing was certain. Um, I was like, yeah, maybe you should do that in some time. Maybe you should now do your youth politics, run as, as youth president um, and, and finish what you started there, focus on your career and maybe run for, for parliament later. Um, But then I felt like, okay, this, this is really what I want to do. And working with parliamentarians, um, working for ideas. And there were like some files where I was working very hard and then it was not accepted. It can be really extremely frustrating. I was like, okay, I want to be once being able to take the decisions because this is where you actually can make a difference in a parliament um, or the most difference. So it, it has been growing on me and all the different people I met, all the different stories I heard about young people, especially facing challenges in their life and thinking, okay, this is how policy uh, shaping could help them uh, create their life. And yeah, it has like grown on me. And then there was a point where I decided, okay, I'll just give it a try. I will try to run in the next European elections and let's see what it will bring if I will get a spot on the list, which is absolutely not electable, if I get like a spot where it might be a chance. So I decided, okay, what do I need to do? Um, and in my party, we have the system where all the states elect um, Spitzenkandidat and um, the youth organization, and then they compete against each other for a spot on the national election list. So I decided, okay, um, I need to be the candidate in my state and I need to become the candidate of the youth. Um, so I pitched my candidacy for both organization and was um, elected by, by both organization. Uh, for the party in Hamburg, it was a Congress voting and for the youth organization, it was uh, the, the uh, advisory council board with a representative from the states. And I pitched my candidacy and I was elected by both as a candidate. But would have been one already enough or do you need both? Well, um, I decided to go for both to, to have a stronger mandate um, and um, to me it was as well really important to have the support of the youth organization because I have grown up in youth politics, I have grown up in European youth politics, so it felt really natural to me. Um, so I wanted to, to have both, to have a stronger mandate. And um, then I ran for, for a spot on the national election list of the FDP. And when I thought about running two years ago, I could have never dreamt of, of being elected on a, as the number two of our election list. But um, okay. always, you always need some luck as well. How did you, how did you convince people to um, vote for you? Since You, you were not the only candidate. You also had to compete against other people. Um, how, how did you convince? What was the reason for um, electing you? I think it was the work I did in the last years. 
Um, I've been doing po European politics since 2014 in my free time with a lot of passion and even way, way before I thought, okay, maybe I could run for the European Parliament, I've been doing European politics with a lot of passion I, and I think many people have seen this throughout the years and um, I have built a large network in European politics uh, in the ones doing European politics in Germany but uh, in our Liberal Party as well and with the Parliament and there were many people that think they trusted me and think okay Svenja has a real passion for that Svenja has a real drive and then of course you need to to do a speech uh, at the party congress to uh, convince the delegates with the hearts and minds that uh, you really want to do this cool uh, which spot did you did you gained from your candidates? I'm number two of the FDP list. Okay, so good probabilities that you will enter the parliament. Germany has 96 seats and I'm number two, so with around 2% for my party, I'm in. Yeah. Cool. Talking about the parliament, what do you expect like uh, from the next legislation? And like in general, but also um, some of your positions. Um, I've read that you um, something about um, the European job market. So you into um, education and the European job market. You have some views on that. Uh, could you share them and explain maybe what what kind of job market do you see in Europe? What really got me into the decision to run was to make life better for young Europeans. I heard so many different stories and learned that so many young people have dreams that are quite close. Everyone wants to, to have a job, build a career, maybe build a family, create their own life. But some Europeans um, have stronger challenges doing that because they're maybe from a country that is um, not so rich or that is not so stable as uh, my country, Germany. Um, so this is what have got me into this, like to, to work for that every young people has the same opportunities, no matter if they grow up in, I don't know, rural Bulgaria or rural Germany. Um, so this, this was the passion and the key to that is education. We need young people to have access to education and um, accepting of uh, educational degrees. Um, that they are accepted in all, all different states because if your your education degree is not accepted You do not have much of the promise of free movement and that you can work everywhere But there's something like bachelor and masters the, yeah, the Bologna process yes, That part is pretty well for educational uh, Education and university, but for all other education uh, We're still not on the same level of um, of understanding and harmonization So there is still a lot of things that need to do um, and then as well to have access to the labor markets and have the national labor um, labor agencies working together and um, offering jobs in other states and helping people to learn the language so they can actually go there and learn the language. Uh, so this is a large task, especially to fight youth unemployment in the next years. And uh, then as well, we need um, fair rules for those who want to come to Europe as well. Uh, we really need to have a shared uh, asylum and uh, immigration system, uh, that there need to be clear rules um, for those who want to come here, to live here, to work, and for those who seek shelter. And we need to have a, a system for that, which we share. Um, and when I look at, I know quite some people that are from outside the EU, but that were allowed to come here to study, um, to, to learn. Um, and then they were not allowed to stay <coughs> because our system to stay is either you have to have this blue card system where you have to have a specific race or there needs to be proof that no, no European can do the job better than you. So we have a system where we allow people in as students, we uh, invest in them, we let them be here, we let them learn here, but then we say, oh, sorry, your salary is not high enough, please leave. This is absolutely a stupid system and we really need to change this because fair rules matter to everyone. Okay. Uh, a common migration um, asylum uh, system sounds if you think now about countries in eastern europe sounds a little bit difficult how how would you tackle that 
Well, the problem is that as it is the national states that have been blocking a reform there. The European Parliament has been very active in proposing a new asylum system, uh, a new uh, solution to the Dublin system, but it is stuck in the council with the national states. So uh, this is something where we really need to work hard on in the next years and to give, convince the national governments um, to go for a shared position on this and find a, a shared solution. Um, create incentives or penalties? Well, uh, I don't think incentives or penalties is the way to think. I think the way should be to, to go forward together and to, to find a solution. Even if it's just a small solution for now, it, it can be something that can grow. Um, but penalties and incentives is like not per se the way. But if there are rules and someone is not... Uh, applying with the rules, of course, there needs to be penalties. Okay. Coming back to your candidating, could you explain what's your uh, what's your goal? Uh, what's your goal um, as a member of the European Parliament, and what's your, what what are your visions? Like, what kind of European Union do you wish for? Are you looking for? Well, in the long term, I wish to have a federal state of Europe. Um, but this is really a long-term goal. Um, but I want to see a Europe that grows ever together, that uh, works in specific area to intensify the cooperation, because I truly believe that in the world we live today, we are only strong and going forward if we do it together. There is no sake in falling back to nationalism. So this is kind of the Europe I want to see, where I want to work for. And uh, for myself in the mandate, my main goal is to work to bring European politics close to people, um, to make it relatable, to make it understandable, because we see that people are interested. We just had the discussion on the new copyright reform, which is per se kind of a boring topic like copyright is not a super sexy topic but it's moving people because it is really close to them and explaining that people and getting people involved and this is what I especially see as a task as a young politician to go with politics where people are to make it understandable to make it relatable um, you mentioned it, the copyright it's like now more or less 24 hours um, later after there was the voting on the, on the copyright reform, uh, are you disappointed and what do you think about um, the statements of the uh, European uh, youth? What's your opinion on that and the outcome? I must say I felt kind of numb yesterday. Um, I have been campaigning with LIMAC uh, for a fair and modern copyright since more than a year. Uh, we were especially calling to change Article 11 on the link text and Article 13, which are basically upload filters, because we do believe that this is harmful to a free internet, harmful to freedom of speech, and will hamper innovation and economy, and can be a risk uh, to the values of the European Union. So we have extremely been working hard to change that and when you looked at the um, voting yesterday the decision to not open up for for individual voting on the amendments was short by five votes there were five votes missing to open up the process um, so it was so close it was so close and I, I kind of like felt very numb um, because we have not always seen so huge engagement of people um, for a file for for a decision in the European Parliament. Um, so it felt I, I really felt numb, and luckily I realized, okay, I'm running myself for the European Parliament. Uh, I can be one of those shaping the decisions and working inside the Parliament to hopefully make a difference in, in the next decision and it really showed me that it really matters that especially young people are uh, with their voices are represented in Parliament not only in the streets and I thought okay this 
this was a stupid day yesterday, but from from this day on, we we need to be active again, and young people need to make their voices heard. Need to go to uh, parties, uh, shape policies of parties, and especially get out and vote on the 26th of May or whatever day it is in your country. In Germany, it's 26th of May. Okay. Last question. Uh, last question. If you meet friends from which are not so into politics. Uh, who do, perhaps doesn't know much so about European, parliament or European politics, uh, politics because it's not so uh, publicly available. What do you tell them? Why should they go to vote, especially in upcoming elections? Uh, first, I always tell people when they tell me, oh, I'm not into politics, I tell them, you are into politics, you're just not aware of that. Because politics is everywhere, it's our everyday life. It's when you have kids in the kindergarten and you, you care about uh, the rate of like support there how you finance that uh, it's about when you're a small business owner uh, it's when you're an employee politics is everywhere politics is not something for the media or the politician politics is something for everyone so that i needed to get that straight uh, this is what i always tell people you are politics um and this is what i tell people every time that their elections your vote really matters like there were i just said there were five votes difference in between opening up for amendments for a discussion on this five votes so five parliamentarians could have made a difference and this is your vote that can make a difference on on policy making on policy shaping so it's extremely important that everyone figures out what is the kind of future i want to have and this is always a topic for you Uh, elections, what is the kind of Europe I want to see and which party represents my values the most and what is the politician I can trust the most because that person will shape your future. Okay. Sonia, thank you for this interview. <laughs> thank you very much. I had great fun. Bye. Bye.